Hello and welcome to He's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And today we're talking about Us. Yes. Written and directed by Jordan Peele. Uh-huh. Um, well known for the film Get Out, mm-hmm. uh, which he made in 2017. Uh-huh. Big hit. Daniel Kaluuya. It was this kind of great allegory on um, race in America. Mm-hmm. A really original movie. Um, and it went down brilliantly well and he got the uh, best uh, original screenplay Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. Which was brilliant. His second film is Us, which is... Well, I'll give you what's in the trailer because there are twists and revelations galore in it. Mm. Um, It's about this black family. The mother is Lupita Nyong'o. The father is uh, Winston Duke. The kids are Shahadi Wright-Joseph, who's the girl, and Evan Alex, who's the boy. Mm. Um, They have a summer holiday on a beach in Santa Cruz. And uh, they're they're living in a summer house. And a family wearing red jumpsuits shows up outside their door and invades their home and it turns out they're identical to them. They are doppelgangers and a kind of an invasion slash attack takes place and I don't really want to say any more because I mean you know nothing else is really explained in the trailer there are obviously there's imagery and kind of things floating around which once you see the film obviously makes sense but um, kind of whether they're real what, what they're doing there how they came to be all that sort of stuff that is in the realm of spoiler territory. That's, that's Well, the there'll be spoilers ahead. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like, let's just say from now on, spoilers. It is expected that you've seen the film if you're listening to this because um, there is no way of discussing it without that. So, yeah. But what I would say, apropos of nothing, is it's really good and really interesting. I would say it's, having seen it twice now, because um, I saw it once without you last week, I would say it is inferior to Get Out. It is. But... Still interesting, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Okay, I, I, I. No spo- uh, spoilers ahead now. So yeah, I, I, I didn't like it as much as Get Out. I didn't think it was as well worked out or as well thought through as Get Out. Though it's possible, you know, that I might have missed something. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I kind of I thought uh, some things were just. Mm. not work through enough for me. I didn't get them. I think it has um, kind of depth in a sense that Get Out didn't. I think the central difference between the two of them, in a way, they're both working in allegorical ways. They're, I mean, horror is this genre. They're both horror movies, obviously. And the Horror is this genre where people are very aware these days that um, you can make a kind of deep and, and interesting social commentary through it. People, yes. are, kind of, people are used to talking about things like the uh, the zombie films of the 1960s and the, and yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the red uh, the, uh, the um, kind of alien invasion movie of the 1960s as uh, kind of unwitting allegories for uh, well, the American uh, uh, paranoia of communism yes okay so and it was kind of it's always been sort of suggested well they didn't know they were making that allegory at the time but if you read it in that way it's there and as people got more and more used to this it becomes something that people really build into what they're making. Yeah, I'm Which not Jordan, sure they didn't build it into it then, to be honest. I, I agree, right. to be honest. Um, but John Peel certainly is working in that way. Yeah, he is. Um, and but I don't think it's just worked through. No, or, I agree. You know, uh, as Get Out. I mean, I didn't understand the whole underground. I mean, you know, so basically the premise is mm. that everybody has a doppelganger and, you know, that there are people living upstairs, so to speak, you know, that are enjoying all the benefits of the world. And that's then us. That's the normal people. That's us. And then that there are people in prison downstairs that are just like them, but actually living these really restricted zombie-like lives where, you know, they're engaging the same kind of movements and actions and, you know, and they get married and they have children just like the people above, but they're living like this half-life. Mm. Now, I didn't think that was worked through because, you know, if you think that there's an underclass or something then you'd have them working or exploited, right? But this is just like they're being denied light and life. So it kind of half works as an allegory, but it doesn't quite. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole thing about the rabbits. No, the rabbits... There is imagery in the film which I think is quite effective, but there's imagery that isn't. And I think the rabbits are... Is, that, that is the least effective imagery because I think it's, it's really heading for something symbolic. 
but I don't know what it is. And that just felt like, the fact that I don't know what it is doesn't mean it's not meaningful, obviously. But I haven't worked it out, and I kind of have a sort of interpretation for other things. The rabbits, I can kind of get at a kind of that there's there's millions of them and they're identical and they're kind of useful but they have no lives really and there's maybe like a cloning thing it's very difficult to get much of a grip on it though yeah it's i mean you get a sense that yes they're breeding and fucking and anonymous and mm. you know and and tested maybe for medical and kept in cages and kept in cages so but but it's not worked through imagery that i would say really stuck with me and really worked with me is hands across america that yes. stuck with me the first time, yes. and and it kept on sort of the second time because I think what's really interesting about Hands Across America was this thing which, for anyone who might not know, happened in 1986, and and if you didn't know it really happened, you'd probably say that's nuts. Someone made that up. Um, it was a, a charity driven event which said we're going to get everyone or well enough people to hold hands across America from one coast to the other in this unbroken chain showing unity, and and it will also raise lots of money for Africa. Because it was, was all it for Africa, I thought it was for the homeless. And um, it didn't entirely reach across America, never mind the fact that there's Alaska and Hawaii to think of. It didn't even reach across like the southern states. I mean, that's kind of impossible. Mm. But something like six and a half million people took part in this thing. And yes, it really I, remember, I remember it. I remember it taking place. Um, yeah. And what the film, the film reference, in fact, this is the first thing that the film references, really, because it, the film starts off looking at a, a television in, in the 1980s and it shows a, a sort of advertisement slash promo for this upcoming event, Hands Across America. There's a t shirt of Hands Across America and you see this kind of logo. Yes. And then in the present day, um, when these kind of subterranean doppelgangers uh, breach the surface and mm. come up and kind of start to take their place or, or whatever you might consider it, they all link hands. And you know, the final shot of the film is, th- is this kind of long chain of people in red jumpsuits stretching across hills and mountains. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's directly referenced, not just, it's not just like an accident, it's the, the, the person who's organised this, mm. who is known as Red, which is one of the two characters Lupita Nyong'o plays. Um, she directly, it's, 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 clearly that, it's clear that she was inspired to do this by the fact that she she woke up with this t-shirt on had this logo it became the center of this kind of uh, mural of scissors which again is another thing that they all use so it's like it's it's not an accident that they're all handing, holding hands it's 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 a a performance it's meant to mean something it's um it's very deliberate that this is being done by them when they come to the, the connection to the Michael Jackson video the thriller video which the girl wins in, or the girl's father wins in an amusement park, and then which they all wear. Yeah, so they all wear red mm. um, yes. um, jumpsuits. jumpsuits, which is what Michael Jackson wore in the thriller video. Was it a jumpsuit? Was it just an outfit? It, was well, it might have been red. an outfit, but it was red. Certainly red, yeah. So um, there's a connection there anyway. And this, this <clears> imagery <throat> of Hand Across America really spoke to me in the context of this because this is a film that's clearly about an underclass a difference between a class and an underclass and there is exposition that tries to lay this out this is where the film is at its weakest which is where it doesn't really explain things it does a little bit through exposition and even then it's you just left not knowing enough mm. so there's kind of there's this central scene of exposition towards the end where Red confronts Adelaide who is the surface counterpart mm. and explains what she's doing and what this means, and who the the, the 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 people in red, the underground people, she calls the tethered. They're known yes. as the tethered, and, and there's this idea of, well, this is what she says. Um, this place, this underground place, where all the tethered come from, this place was built by humans to as a means to control the people above, as a kind of experiment. Now, what that means and exactly how that works is really not explained, and no. I think that is a kind of weakness because you are left going. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but um, it is a weakness. It is a weakness. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, but, in a very loose allegory, it works. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, they're tethered, they're chained. Um, you don't get a sense actually that they're exploited, though. It's not as if they're made to work. This is yeah. This is know? where I had the trouble with it. You um, go. They are. They are. As you say, kind of physically restricted. They don't move with the grace of people above and this sort of thing. And they're meant to, they're, they're left to eat raw rabbit all day instead of nicely cooked meals and this sort of thing. But you don't understand how this means of control operates. You don't understand um, how, 
how them how their existence would in any way control mm. the, what happens on the surface. So, yes, and the I idea is that they, the idea is that they were abandoned, and yes. this this kind of revenge has taken a long time. To I I don't think the um, film is anywhere near as good as Get Out, and there are things that you know I'm trying to kind of work out, uh, and they don't quite make sense to me. I mean, I also didn't see the connection between you know the white family and the black family. I mean, I thought something was going to be made of it. Um, in some senses, I suppose it is. You know, the white family is more materialistic and superficial than the black family. But I think there has to be more than that. Right? Yeah, well, they have more. Um, but just to finish the point about Hands Across America, just so we've set up this idea, this underclass and this, this, this above class that benefits from their existence somehow. Um, the imagery that captured me in, in, with the Hands Across America thing is... There's there's a contradiction. There's lots of duality going on in this movie, and it's all quite deliberate. Um, and there's this kind of central duality going on in Hands Across America, where everyone is joined, and that's beautiful. On the other hand, it literally divides America in two. And in fact, the logo sh- like shows the two halves of America in different colours: there's blue on top and white below. And um, and then and then you know when it's the uh, the tethered doing it. There's this imagery of prison chain gangs, yes. into it as well, like which really directly speaks to this idea of an underclass kind of yeah, yeah. So that that imagery really stuck with me, which, as I say, like the the rabbit stuff didn't work. That to me really worked. Mm. The idea, the, the idea that the film is covered in mirrors, you know, and uh, very often when a film, uh, especially especially a horror film, uses so many mirrors, I'm like, Ugh, come on. But in this, it makes complete sense. You're constantly looking for who's who. There's a shot of above, from above when the family goes to the beach where you see their shadows elongated by the harsh mm. sun. And it's like these... Again, it's this kind of idea of duality. Like there's, there's them and their shadows go with them all the time and the shadows are bigger than them and, and quite threatening in a way. Um, well, let's go on to... I think you were heading towards the issue of, of race with the difference between the white family and the black family. And That's right. You know, I just think that... Um, I expect it to be more significant. And actually, I just kind of... Again, I didn't get it, right? So if you're giving the other family so much space, I imagine you want to make a statement. And I just kind of wasn't sure what that statement was. Hmm. I think there is something going on with the with what you say about there being heavily materialistic, much mm. more so than the other family. Although you have got the father in the in the black family, Winston Duke who's talking about, I had to get that nice car to, yes. to rub it in my face and stuff. And he wants the boat, you know, he's really yeah. he likes his boat. And then, but you're right, like the other family is lives in this beautiful place and, um, and they have this uh, Alexa-type voice-activated assistant that plays music for them and they're, and they're just living in this kind of these separated, like, oh, we've got the woman above, the man below, they clearly hate each other. You've established that beforehand mm. in the film. And they're just kind of living in their own little places, their own little isolated Yes. World. And she's um, had plastic surgery, Elizabeth Moss. Yes, that's but right. I must say, she looks wonderful. And she gives a wonderful performance, quite eerie and visually striking. But I just didn't get the point of the, the characters. We should, we should establish the characters had plastic surgery. We're not yeah, necessarily yeah. talking about Elizabeth Moss. That's right. Um, um, so I kind of, I thought, I thought too much space was given to the character. And yet the payoff is not something that I quite get at the moment. Um, well, I think it might have something to do with um, Jeremiah eleven eleven, which which I looked up. We we looked up on the way back because it's it's a Bible verse that is um, name checked directly in the film. Mm. This kind of creepy homeless guy is holding this this mm. uh, sign that says it, and so like, you're being cute to look at it. And Jeremiah eleven eleven says, "This is according to the King James Bible. Uh, other Bibles are available." Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. And Jeremiah was a guy who preached against apostasy and preached against kind of worshipping false idols and things like this. Mm. And I think there's, like, there's a very clear relationship between that and, and the kind of the, the, the all-knowing Ophelia, the, uh, the, the, the virtual assistant, as I said, and the kind of materialistic way of life of the white family. Well, you know, there's no question that the white like family... A, a world devoid of faith. There's no question that the white family is materialist in those ways. But so is the black one. Yeah. So, kind of... 
it know, may be emphasized thought, in the white family. Sorry? It may be emphasized in the white family. I know, but if you're going to make that contrast, and again, if you're, make, you're going to make one of them white and the other one black, and, you know, I just kind of, I just expected more of a payoff, mm. right? Um, then, you know, you're materialistic and you're going to die a horrible death and I won't spare you. Um, I kind of, and also in relation to the, the, the films, what you discover about the film later, I kind of, I, it just, I mean, it made sense. It's just, I was hoping there would be more to it. More substance. Uh, yes. Yeah, I get what you mean, and I, and um, I tend to agree. Um, so, and also the, the thing that I liked best about the film, where I thought it really became kind of poetic and rather beautiful and evocative, was the scene where um, the Lupita Nyong'o character meets her doppelganger and you realize that kind of, you know, part of the way that they bonded, got attached, got switched, mm. was through dance, right? Mm. And, you know, that this whole fight between them is choreographed through, through a kind of abstract dance, actually, right? Yeah. And I thought that was, like, really kind of, you know, beautiful, actually. It was, it's kind of like a moment of poetry in the film. And it's a kind of a visual poetry as well. It's kind of, it's choreographed. And it has very harsh, mechanical movements, but in which they are kind of dancing together. I mean, she's dancing with her other self. Um, though, though thinking about it afterwards, it didn't quite make sense, because actually, the zombie doppelganger should have been the one who had the more fluid movement, <laughs> rather than... Yeah, well, the idea is that they were switched at the age of like, eight or nine. Yes. And um, so, and, and by this point in the film, they're in their thirties. Yes. So, um, the 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 one who was previously on the service has grown up underground for a very long time, and that's when she was doing dance as well. So she's the one who ends up with the kind of mechanical movements. It, I, I mean, it's 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 kind of speculation to say like what the reality of the things going on in the film would be. Well, but um, the, but, but it may kind of makes sense to me in in a way that. That she is the one who moves a little bit less gracefully. She moves well, more mechanically. I don't, I but don't, I think what's interesting. I, I don't agree. You're def you're defending it. Yeah. But actually, I really don't agree because the film has a whole system of showing the differences between the doppelgangers and the ordinary people, and it actually has to do with how they move. Yes, but I think what that I think the film kind of suggests about its own world that it's more nurture than nature in that sense because um otherwise you're right i think like if it were nature um that that kind of defined it then the one who is underground previously from the surface would be the one with the more fluid movements mm. and it's not so i think the film is what the film one of the, one of the more interesting things i think the film is doing is is actually drawing such a parallel between these two worlds it says they are the same you know, I think it's possible. So, uh, did you guess the twist that that they were switched? Yes. Did you guess it to the point where you thought like this is definitely it or just a possibility? Um, I was aware of the possibility rather than saying I reckon this is it. Well, I mean, I think I suppose you have to ask about when. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I reckoned that that was a possibility from the beginning. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, the film shows you that it is. Yeah, I was pretty so, much the same way. Uh, so, like, I wasn't watching the film... Obviously, this is the first time. Second time, I was quite aware. I wasn't watching the film um, thinking, no, this is definitely... And kind of looking for things to to uh, kind of reinforce that view or whatever, or, to, or you know, to, to, to just in relation to it. Um, so I was never kind of so convinced. I just thought, maybe this is the way the film will go. Mm. Um, and... The twist really complicated what I thought. And actually, the first time I saw it, I sat in the cinema through most of the credits thinking about it because it made it very, very unclear what I should think, which I loved. So like, I'm sitting there thinking, so who is the villain here? The, the whole time you've been, you've been very clearly thinking the, the, the tethered are villains in this. They are the guy, they are... Although, although um, you see, uh, you hear Red's kind of defences of what she's doing and you, um, you hear her... When she first invades the, the home, she tells this story of two girls, one of whom has all the good things in life, one of whom is the same but has mm. twisted versions of all that, which the two, which is the two versions of Lupita Nyong'o's character that she's describing. Um, 
so she has a kind of defence for what she's doing, but you, clearly they're meant to be villains. They are the attackers, and, and the people on surface have no idea what's going on, and they are the innocents. And so, lots of people get killed. So you think, and lots of people get killed by them. So um, and they are obviously kind of portrayed. Uh, as these you know creepy horror villains, they're all dressed in these creepy jumpsuits. They're holding scissors in weird ways. They're being very threatening and so on. Um, so when you get to the end and there's this twist, it, it kind of makes it maybe go. But also, Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> also, um, Adelaide, although she started off underground and took the place of Red on the surface. Mm. Um, she's, I don't think, a villain either. Because if you if you started off living underground, you would want to escape. That's the one thing you'd be keen to do. Even if it meant sacrificing someone else. Like, I totally get it. And I kind of think, I, what's re- what I really loved is, it's, the film builds, the film shows a system that makes everybody a victim, in a way. Well, okay, yes. I mean, allegorically, fine. But the thing is, I think the film really cheats too much, and it's because it doesn't, it hasn't, it hasn't worked it out properly. The screenplay is not worked through. So, for example, I would have expected the Lupita Nyong'o character to have signaled her awareness and her knowledge of what's happening much earlier, because she comes from that world. She knows what's going on, mm. right? And yeah, so and that's not signaled to the audience at all. Yeah, yeah I agree. I have I have read like one or two takes. Which suggests that um, Adelaide is um, not aware of what's going on and has repressed memories, um, because you see these memories kind of flash up. But I don't, I don't think that's that's not my take on it. Because those, I think that what those takes do is they pick up on the P- PTSD child counselor scenes where yeah. so she so she, she was lost at this fairground. She comes back, unbeknownst to the parents, she's switched. And she's not talking. She, you know. Um, so the parents think she has a trauma. Yeah. But the fact is that the girl's not talking because she doesn't know anything, and she hasn't yet worked. And out. she doesn't know how to talk. She I mean, you see, talk, no yeah. one from the below world is is able to speak. They all go. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so at the time, she can't talk, and the parents are going, "What's going on?" And there's all this talk about her having PTSD from some traumatic event that they don't mm. know what happened. And what all these takes are doing, I think, is taking that literally. But I don't. But I think the point is that that's just what the. That's just what the parents and the counsellor think. She doesn't have PTSD. And I, it seems to me quite clear that she's aware of everything. She exactly. Doesn't, she doesn't forget anything. That's right. So for her, for it to be, for it not to be signalled that actually, and actually the film would have been much more interesting if she was aware of something hmm. that the audience at that point wasn't, but that the audience could then make sense of her behaviour earlier. Yeah, the same way, for example... That, you know, when Red comes in, she asks the Adelaide to chain herself, yeah, to... To the table. To the table. And then you realise that that's what she had made the, the other little girl do when they made the first switch. So those things kind of then make sense subsequently. Yeah, she had they, that done to her. Yeah. yeah, so they could have done something, you know, that would have signalled later on that... Uh, you know that she knew what was happening. Yeah, well, ju- actually... just some just some look that would make sense later. Yeah. Because because having seen it twice now, the second time fully in the knowledge of of the the two women's identity, I was looking for all of that stuff. I was looking for the things that you go, oh, that was a clue. Yeah. You know, or that was a kind of that was a little moment that makes sense now in yes. context. And there was very little of that, which was quite disappointing. Oh yes, it and cheats. actually, mo- most of the film—I don't think it cheats in that sense, but it just doesn't do anything in that sense. It just lets it go, which, well, which to me, by not doing anything, it kind of cheats because you know, you know that uh, that she knows, right? Mm. Yeah, I guess that's the way of so, a way of thinking about it. Um, um, I, uh, yeah, it it could do more in that sense, and it was uh, this is a kind of difference in a way between it and Get Out because in Get Out, once you know the twist. The second time you see the film, everything is recontextualized in really interesting ways, and yes. you get it. Yeah. You know, like the whole kind of interactions at the party, where you've got the one guy who uh, the, the the black guy who Daniel Kaluuya's character recognizes and kind mm. of sees, oh, there's another brother here, like you know, gets a hi to him, and then he's acting in a really weird way and kind of performing for all the white people around him. You go, that doesn't make any sense. The second time makes perfect sense. You completely understand yeah, what's yeah, happening. Yeah. There's very little of that in this, which is an issue, and it's an issue in this film as well that so much of it is just a 
long fight slash chase slash kind of survival. It's I think for, for me all of that lulls. Really, I think it starts off quite interesting in a real funny games kind of way yes. with this weird home invasion, which is at once incredibly threatening and at another point, sort of, or in another way, kind of polite, like they're not directly physically threatening them, they're just in control of the situation, this mm. sort of thing. Like, that's all really interesting. The and- film's a mess, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, so it's enjoyable to watch, and, you know, it's got a very neat central idea, but it's a mess. It leaves you with all these questions. For example, at the end, where is the family going to? Right, you you seem to see that you know the tethered people have taken over. So so where are they going to? Where is safety? Where's escape? Right, like you know. Well, they were talking about Mexico. They mentioned Mexico at one point. Uh, yeah. The question of whether these tethered people are only Americans or whether they are everywhere across the world is one. Well, there's lots of stuff approach. you don't know, and um, actually, there's no reason not to know it. A better screenplay would have signaled those horizons. Yeah. Would have created that world that made sense. What you get here is bits of the world make sense and lots of bits don't. And, you know, kind of there are these poetic passages, you know, that kind of are very intriguing and kind of and work very well, you know, and the rest is just kind of like an extended chase scene between you and your doppelganger. Which right? isn't visually interesting enough. Yeah. I would say that there's, um, there is lots of potential for interesting, creative filmmaking essentially around the doppelgangers yes. around kind of what is it like to fight yourself yourself and mm. uh, you know someone who knows you thinks like you all that sort of thing which they talk about but the only the only element of that which i think is kind of interesting uh, uh, filmmaking is the two young boys yes. and the mirroring of the actions and the way yes. that the one young boy uses it to lure his opposite into a fiery death Yes. But everything else is just kind of, you could be fighting anyone, really. This, it's not interesting that they're fighting yeah. their opposite. And that's a disappointment. Um, talking about the um, the idea of where the family going and this, this kind of notion that they have that maybe they're going to Mexico. Um, obviously, there's not a huge amount to sort of bite onto there because you don't know. But, I, but there's a very, I think, important line where... Um, when the when the the tethered family is in control in the living room in that first invasion scene, they say, "Who are you?" I think it's Winston Duke who says, "Who are you?" And Red says, "We're Americans." And that, on the one hand, that seems like a kind of line that's there for effect. I think I think um, I think Jordan Peele does an awful lot of stuff that's just for effect, really, and it's kind of easy to brush it off, like like the way that the very young girl grabs the other young girl's throat. It's kind of, it's obviously that there's a it has a function in that she was attacking her to take her place, mm. but the kind of the way it happens the, the is feels not all that meaningful. It feels like it's done for a shock effect, mm. for its own sake. And and this line about we're Americans feels just like a cute line, but actually I think it's quite important because. It's for one thing. There's a duality, I think, in the title "us" slash "us." Mm. Like, I don't think the film is hiding no, this, this possibility no. of seeing the title in two ways and talking and its hands across America. Yes, you know, it's film talking about American society, and I think um, I was really looking for um, kind of direct allegory to racial tension in America in this film because I was expecting it from Get Out, which is very directly about that, mm. and I think the. And also, kind of, it's about a black family, and you're aware of Jordan Peele's previous work. So I'm looking for it. And um, the opening uh, intertitle to this film, before the action starts, talks about um, underground tunnels. There are thousands of miles of underground tunnels in America. It says yes. these are disused railroads. These are this, that, and the other sewers and all this sort of stuff. Many of them we don't even know what they're for. And That's the, right. Uh, I'd uh, forgotten about that. And the idea is that then later you realise that this is where all the tethered live. Um, this is where they've come from because they're, they're not just under Santa Cruz you get the impression, they're under all of America that's why there are these thousands of miles all across America but the first thing I thought of when I saw that the first time I thought of the Underground Railroad which obviously was not a literal Underground Railroad it was the network of kind of safe houses and routes that um, that s- slaves escaped slaves were able to use mm. to escape to the north to, to, the, the, to escape their slavery um, and so although the film then doesn't go on to I think directly 
approach the idea of race. I think it is it is making a link between the underclass of America and the black population of America. Yes. Um, in 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 quite a general sense, and it's not really shouting it at you, but I think you just you pick up on that link. I think. Yeah, you do. Um, and again, I mean, I, I suppose this is where I wish that the film were um, more uh, worked through and better worked through. Because, like, the thing is that the difference between just having an interpretation and saying, oh, this is a potential link, or this is something interesting that could be there, or, you know, one might interpret it with this, is that actually you want to layer your interpretation onto patternings of, you know, um, things in the film that kind of, you know, help construct a kind of, you know, a solid structure for a particular theme. And the thing is that these things are there, but they're quite loose. Yes. You know, so, you know... Um, well, that is something I both like and dislike about the film. Like, I don't completely throw it away. What I like is that the film does open itself up to, I think, a range of interpretations and a range of ways of looking at it, depending on what symbolism you want to pick up on, what imagery you want to pick up on, and how. In a way that I think that Get Out is very much more saying, like, this is the way the film is supposed to come across. Well, that's right. And that's it. And, you know, so in a way, like, Get Out is... Um, more coherent in that sense is making a more coherent statement. Yes. But I like the kind of, I like, the, there's a certain um, uh, audacity of the attempt to draw in so many things into this. And I don't think the film is attempting to make everything completely coherent, but it is, I think it's happy to use imagery in kind of undefined ways and allow you to draw your own conclusions or pick out what you want to pick out and pick your own interpretation. Well, you're being more generous because I think it is definitely doing that. But for me, it's just a problem that is not coherent. Mm. Right? Because, you know, kind of, I mean, it could be this, it could be that, you could say this, you could say that, you know, it might mean this, it might mean that. Right? Um, So I kind of, and then there are things in the film that contradict it. You know? So, so I don't like that. I, I feel it's kind of lazy and, you know, um, and not work through, not thought through, you know. So kind of there's a lot of ideas that are chucked in, but they're not systematic. They're not coherent. No, I can appreciate that. And that's, that's, that's one way. Of, that's another way of looking at it. That's your, I mean, you know, I, I don't entirely disagree with it. I'm not saying like, well, you're wrong with thinking that. It's perfectly possible to come out of this and go... I think it's all over the show. Well, I can see what you're saying as well, and I just think you're offering a more generous view of it. Yeah. You know, and I don't deny that those things are there and that they resonate. They do. You know, I just wish that that resonance were enhanced by patternings, you know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, what I would say is that if I were if I thought that that's what the film was trying to do, or, or, or if, if that's what I wanted from the film, like you do, um, then having watched it twice, it doesn't, like, none of that would become any clearer the second time. Yes. Um, it's not a film, and this is, this is to the film's detriment, especially with a film that has a big twist in it. It's not a film that I think offers much more substance the second time. Um... Like I say, the, the stuff that, that, you know, the idea of the twist recontextualizing things that you've seen previously is not really present in this. You're just kind of, you, you are aware, but it doesn't make substantial differences to what you see. And, so, and the idea of, of you know, as you say, kind of uh, patternings or interpretations becoming more concrete, for me, was not my experience watching it the second time just now. My feeling about the film was that it has a wonderful concept. Right. You know, I love the concept of it. Um, And actually kind of, you know, the us, US, hands across America, the things that you've described, you know, and actually those link up really neatly. I love that. Um, I also love that it has some kind of, you know, some 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 moments that are both conceptually poetic and also visually poetic. I did love the dance between. It's wonderful, that, yeah. that final sort of that's, fight. That's, that's a great it, moment. The way it's intercut. Yeah. yeah, so that's a great that's a great moment of cinema, actually, really. Um, I like the twist, and I love Lupita Nyong'o. She is unbelievable. Um, yeah, she's great. It's a great, great 
um, star performance. She's riveting. You can't help looking at her. And can we talk about her for a second? Because I think it's not just that she's great, which is easy to say, but I mean, the difference in the two performances that she gives is astonishing. Yeah. You know, like she has, if we were talking about kind of fluidity of grace of movement, well, she completely encapsulates that. The idea is that she, as a young child, her characters were dancers. And as you said, you, you see them dancing when they're young and they dance in these different ways. And that, that, that kind of form of movement carries through to her adult self. Yeah. So, um, you know, so her, her Adelaide, the one who lives on the surface... Um, moves very gracefully, and you see at one point when she's when she's in front of the window uh, in the bedroom with Winston Duke, you know, even though she's not dancing at that point, she has this little dancer sort of toe movement, which is very mm. subtle, but it's but it's there, and it's just it's, there's grace and everything. On the other hand, Red moves quite mechanically, but not stiffly, right? It's like it is it's graceful mechanical movement. If if you know. I can't think of a better way to explain it than that. Like you have to see it really to to get the sense of that. Like it is, she has this grace. She moves kind of smoothly, but robotically, mm-hmm. and it's uh, and not. And then it's not only the physical movement. I mean, the the the, the, the facial performance. She looks the, very different playing each character. Yeah. yeah, which I think is kind of an achievement because it is all kind of facial movement. And actually, obviously, the voice as well is very important. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of voice work, and she's very interesting. Red's again, voice is very hoarse. Yeah, again, I think the film cheats on that, really. Um, you know, to give that kind of zombie, half-screech, half-really bass voice. Um, but I think there is a sense in which it... it ma- I mean, it makes sense to me. The, yeah. fil- the film is using a creepy voice, but the film does put context in to make it make sense, I think. Well, to me it doesn't, because, you know, I mean, this is a child who came into language, you know, in the upper world. So, you know, you would expect her to talk, you know, maybe differently. She has been tethered now for 30 years or whatever, or 25 years. But actually, you 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 either make a distinction that the other the other tethered people can't speak at all, and she can speak, though now her voice has been lost. Or, kind of, you make her more fluid because she is somebody who came into language in the upper world. I, I did think that those things weren't worked through. To me, the, to me her, the use of her voice, the design of her voice, if you like, makes sense. In the sense of, as you say, she, she, would, have st- she would have spoken when she was a young child living in the upper world. And then living in the tethered world, she would have no one else can speak. She would have had no reason or opportunity to speak. Yeah, but she wouldn't have Hence, lost what. Well, her voice being essentially kind of out of practice. I also think the film is trying to make something of the hands around her throat. Um, you know, it's um, obviously the uh, Adelaide strangled her to to get her underground. And you see when she wakes up in that bed when she's chained to the bed underground, she grabs at her throat, which oh. uh, yeah. Um, well, not grabs at it, but just kind of, oh, my, my throat hurts. <laughs> um, mm. And so I, I think the film is trying to draw on that. And I, th- I, think it's, it, I think it's a little too far to describe it as a cheat. It is building in some context for the use of the creepy voice, but it is also trying to use a creepy voice because it's creepy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say that's the main reason. But anyway, let's not detract from, you know, how great... Uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o is. It's a, it's a great, great performance, actually. So it's both a great star performance, like you can't take your eyes off her, mm. you know, and it's also a great performance. It's kind of, you know, the voices, the gesture, the looks, the stance, everything. The is technicalities kind of, of the performance. Is worked through, yeah. you know, so that's lovely to see. And, and I would say not in a way that we've talked about kind of technical actors before being kind of cold and you seeing the technique. Yeah. I think what's really remarkable about this is you do see all the technique. It's completely on the surface for you, but you you feel everything. You see everything. Yeah. You, you know, you don't feel like, oh, there's technique and isn't that very clever. Like, you yes. get it. You feel it. And these people are different characters and you, it's, yes. they, they are lived characters. It's fantastic. So I hope this film kind of... Uh, um, Moves her up to a different level of stardom because uh, you know. She's, well, she's already huge. I know she's just not leading huge, I suppose. Yeah, it's not Angelina Jolie no. or Julia Roberts huge, you know. So and and this definitely shows she can carry yeah. uh, this kind of film. So um, 
you know. Can uh, I say a word about Winston Duke as well? Yes. Who I think uh, he's he plays the dad of the family, and I think one of the one of the interesting things about him for a start is that he's obviously uh, they've obviously thought like he can't look like Mbaku from Black Panther mm. because Mbaku is this kind of great warlord warrior who's very threatening. And basically, if you had Mbaku being the dad in this film, you'd feel like, well, he's never going to get beaten in a fight. Mm. And so what they've done is give him like a dad bod and glasses and made him kind of goofy. You know, a sense of humour and that sort of thing, and like, which I think is wonderful. Like again, it makes me into a different character, but it's it's a beautifully embodies, you know, sort of goofy dad type thing. Who, yes, you know what? I, before I forget, can I interrupt a little yeah. bit? Because you know, one of the things that I also loved about this film is how it it's embedded in black culture in ways that we take for granted in other kinds of film, uh, and that. You know, so there, so for example, you know, the family home has a picture of the Alvin Ailey dance troupe. Mm. Now, obviously, that has to do with you know the child being a dancer or whatever, but it's Alvin Ailey. You know, it's not the New York Ballet or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like this all black dance New York troupe, very famous, right? So you know that whole range of reference from the music to the dancing. You know, was really lovely to see, partly because it makes you realize how unusual it is. Yes. You know, so um, I, yeah, I think I appreciated that. I think the film is building in or kind of drawing on a, a whole reference to Funny Games, the Michael Haneke film, uh-huh. um, with as, as I, I think I mentioned before the, the the kind of the weirdness and the stiltedness and the the odd. Uh, kind of construction of the home invasion mm. and going going so far as to the one character taking the other character out onto a boat to kill him, which is which is, happens in funny games. I think it's also kind of it's even further um, kind of built upon in the white family's house with mm. their kind of very white. I mean, literally white, the color white. You know, kind of everything is clean and cream and white mm. in that house, and that and kind of beautiful sort of as you say, very materialistic existence, which is disrupted by blood suddenly filling the carpet and that sort of thing yes. and there's there's a point where there's one shot which I think is directly drawing on Psycho which is in that house where where it's the it's the dad character in the white family who it's his eye and he's played out on the floor and the camera mm. attracts towards rather than away from but it's a similar sort of shot moments that I liked and you, you just reminded me of there are moments of recognition so there's a moment where the mother uh, stabs one of the one of the white zombies in that house. Right, right, and she's really like, you know. And then I, f- I forget whether it's the boy or the girl, the daughter or the son who looks at her. Right, I think the boy comes in the house. It's when she goes back to get the keys. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the boy comes in. It's the boy and looks at her. Yeah. Right, and it's like, what has my mother become? Has my mother become them? And then. You know, she takes the bloody hand and, like, high fives, right? So, and I thought that that moment jived really neatly with the ending, where he really, he knows his mother is... Yes, they share that look in the car, in the ambulance. So, so I I loved the way that that set up, you know, in that moment, and then there's a payoff later. And I wish, actually, there, there had been more of that throughout the film. Yeah, I, there is some of that. There, uh, there, there are some in, in more practical senses. Of, for instance, um, the thing about the boat always listing to the left, and so when they end up um, stranded in the water and the boat has gone off, it comes back round. You know, that's been set up in advance. So sure. I want to do things like that, but but in the sense that you're talking about in terms of character relationships or, or kind mm. of meanings in that sense, I can't think of. I mean, maybe there are more. I, to, to my mind right now, I can't bring any. Um, but I know what you mean. I think the film does some work in that sense. I think a film has been thought through in some sense in that way. Like, as I say, it is it, it is building in all of these kind of dualities and things that that can um, be seen in two ways or that that come back in a recontextualized way. The, the, the twins on the beach, this sort thing, or, or all of the all of the eleven elevens that show up, yes. this kind of coincidental reappearing. It's like you've got the eleven eleven, obviously, which is the Jeremiah eleven eleven, which you see spelled out on the board. Um, you've got the eleven eleven, which uh, appears on the clock. You've got the girl's black flag T-shirt, which has these four mm. bars, which spell out essentially eleven eleven. You've got the score on the 
uh, on the game that, that Winston Duke is watching, which is 11 all, it's tied. And then right at the very end, as, you, as the ambulance drives off, you see it's number 11 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or the thing of like the, the, the family's holding hands, for instance. So at the start, uh, when you see the family driving to their holiday destination, it's they're introduced with that 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 um, vinyl that you get on American cars, particularly of the family. You know the stick figures that they have yeah, on the back yeah. window, and and they are holding hands. Yes. That's the way they are. And then when they show up outside, when the when the doppelganger family shows up outside, they're all holding hands in the same way. Yes. You know, obviously, Hands Across America is doing the same thing. The, that that chain of red paper figures that mm-hmm. red is holding at the end. Same thing. Um, yes. Yeah, you brought up the Thriller T-shirt and. Um, I think it's it's a good one. To, it's a good point to bring up, and actually, I think that the reference in that is, it's more than just you know it's the nineteen eighties. I think Michael Jackson is in that thriller video. Yes. You point out like he starts off the what a normal healthy human being and becomes a zombie. Yes. and then you've also got this idea that Michael Jackson himself embodies duality more than almost anyone else really in the mm-hmm. in the world. He kind of was two people over over the course of his life, and also you've got that. Uh, in a sense, there's the um, there's the kind of uh, a double life he led. In a sense, yes. With um, you know, the, uh, I'm not saying it's related to that documentary that came out recently. Yes. But um, uh, the idea of, of the kind of hidden life that he had. I think that's one of the measures of you know how the film is at the moment so good. So you know, Michael Jackson signifies the '80s. So that's a reason to have the Thriller T-shirt. You know, that was like arguably the biggest pop star of the era. But that particular video that the T-shirt is of is about the zombies. So, you know, it's about kind of, you know, someone being transformed or being tethered, mm. right, um, to another persona. And then, you know, you, you're, you're talking about Michael Jackson kind of... The actual know, figure. The, the person. Yeah. Also having at least, you know, two identities, maybe more, really. I, so you, you, you were referencing... Uh, the documentary about his child abuse or you know, the allegations of his child abuse. But also, I, I, I think the black-white allegation. That's the other thing I was getting at, yeah. Yeah, that kind of, you know, for some people, he was somebody who was whitening himself up, right? And, you know, surgically removing his blackness and so on, right? So yeah. it kind of it works on all those levels. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because it, one of the ways, one of the things that... Um, Red talks about in her monologue towards the end is that um, she talks about this this underground kind of experiment being about humans having figured out how to separate the body from the soul, something like that. And she talks about the soul being being contained within the two separate people, but it's mm. like the same soul. I can't remember exactly what the line is, but that's the effect of it, mm. and, that, and that's why these two people are tethered, um, and that's why you're tethered to, to your to your counterpart. So the idea of the, there's an idea in in that of the duality within everyone, basically, mm. like a, or a, a kind of something that we hide from ourselves, or something that we, you know, a kind of a, you know a dark side and a light side type of type of thing that it's talking about, rather than it, obviously it's, talk, it's talking about um, a kind of societal um, duality, the, the 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 kind of an underclass that supports the upper class and, mm. and allows it to live and thrive, but also it's kind of it's saying that that. I think it's sort of saying that in so doing, we damage ourselves, we tear ourselves into, mm. you know, like that's an unhealthy way to be. I mean, that's also, it's kind of a, a, a leap. The film isn't spelling that kind of thing out, but I think it's something that's there to think about. Mm. I think another, and, and this is something else, which you brought up the, um, the white family and kind of what's the point of the white mm. family and, and, you know, because they don't really seem to, do it be any different or something like that. And I kind of think maybe that's the point. Like, I want to be careful how I phrase this. But when you think about the black family in the film, other than the colour of their skin, what makes them different to the white family? Well, there are a whole bunch of things that they talk about. So, for example, you know, the idea of them on a boat, right? There are cultural differences that they allude to, you know. Um... Well, I think, I think the, point that, the point that I'm trying to get at is that actually I think the film is... Suggesting that there is no real difference, and actually, it's by showing few differences between the two of them, um, the two families that is, it's kind of linking them and saying we're part of the same society. So, so 
and this is where I want to be careful how I phrase it because I don't want to say it makes the black family white, but in a way it kind of um, it allows them to to have kind of a basically a normal life. Whereas in another film, you know the the um, the black characters would be really signified as being different in some way, or that their blackness was kind of very important to them. Mm. And, in, in, and it is to some extent in this, particularly when they're listening to the music in the car. It is very much in this film, actually. So I think I know what you're trying to get at, which is, you know, a thing about affluence and aspirations. Right, they're all part of the same American society. They're, they're part of the same consumer culture. Yes. Though actually, you know, they're also quite different. Yeah, cult- they're culturally different. Uh, in terms of references and so on. I think we talked about Alvin Bailey and, you know, kind of all of those things. But on the other hand, you know, there's there's a the, 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 the consumer culture and the aspirations of it and the limits of that culture and those aspirations is, is something that they both do share. Yeah, and, and so I think that... Um that you know, if you if, like the conversation they have around the dinner table, you know, the girl wants to stop running track, um, the kid wants to do his magic trick or whatever, and the dad wants, to, and they and they're going on this kind of holiday to a summer beach home. This is all stuff that, um, it's, it's just kind of treated as very normal, mm. and 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 you have this way of going. Well, of course, why shouldn't it be? You know, like, yeah. why shouldn't a sort of perfectly normal <laughs> affluent. Um, African-American family have these conversations, have access mm. to all this stuff, but it does feel like it's making a point in terms of the construction of a kind of whiteness and privilege that's, that I think in doing that, it's trying to draw a distinction across the entire top society, as it were, and the entire bottom society, mm. joining all the top society together. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think in doing so, it's actually making it not about race in that way, and it's kind of allegorising, mm. if that's a term, it's allegorising the the top and bottom thing. I'm not sure about that. I'm just, uh, I'll have to think about that some more. I mean, um, I think, I think they're trying to make similarities around, um, affluence though. Even then the black family says, Oh, you, we couldn't get this good a house. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think there are cultural differences. I think there are little things, you know, when, um, What's the name of the actress who plays the the white? Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss was wonderful, but you know she she makes all these little jabs about plastic surgery and mm. you know, yeah. And then there are these looks like, right? So, yeah. um, so I think that, I think it is tr- the film. The film is is trying to make differences. I'm also wondering. I could my memory is not what it used to be, but I also <laughs> seem to remember that. Most of the corpses that I can't remember a black corpse, you know. Um, well, yeah. no, I, I don't remember to be fair. Um, well, uh, as in a black of of a of a human or a tethered, or does that not matter? No, the humans, yeah. Right. You know, so because when when at the end of the film and actually throughout the film, you do see all these corpses littering the streets. Yeah, right. I don't remember seeing any any black any corpses of, of black people, but you know that's. I couldn't tell you to be honest. I don't remember. Yeah. So, but but I do remember seeing, yeah, the corpses of white people. So yeah. So I'm I'm just not sure, kind of. Uh, and to be honest, I, yeah. I mean, I think the film has certain things really well worked out, and that run through the film and that are kind of systematic and patterned, and then there are others that aren't quite. That I think has to be systematic and patterned. There has to be a reason, you know, there has to be more made of that white family than I am presently getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a thinker. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all there. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't agree that it's all there. I think those things are there, but I think in a more basic level, some things are not worked through in the screenplay and the film suffers for them. So... I would nonetheless still recommend it. I had a very good time, and I think it's a, it's quite a good film. And it's quite interesting to talk about, and I'm and glad quite... I saw it twice as well. Yes, I wouldn't bother. No. <laughs> um, uh, and I think the central the central reason I would say it's inferior to Get Out, which is superior in all sorts of ways, but the central reason I think it's inferior is that the central conceit idea is less original. Yes. You know, this is a film ultimately, in some sense or other, depending on how you want to interpret it, about an underclass. Mm. And and the way in which kind of America relies on this underclass, but but 
you know, treats it badly. We're the same, ultimately, this sort of thing. Like I say, this this ending where you end up confused. Who's the villain? Is there one? This sort of thing. I think is interesting. But but if you compare it to the to the underlying idea in Get Out, which is about... it's It's not about race. It's about racism. And it's about the idea that there is no racism in America or what racism looks like now just had so many more original, interesting observations and beautifully kind of brought out. Mm. That, that, that is the central reason that I think Get Out is, is a superior film. Mm. Um, but I do think this film is interesting. In the, in, this film has more of a range of interpretations, which I think is interesting. I think the faith interpretation is an interesting one. You know, Jeremiah 11.11 isn't there for no reason. You have... Um, when when Red reaches the surface and she's she's talking to to Adelaide, um, she talks about God. She talks about kind of being tested, and you know that quote from Jeremiah eleven eleven about. Let me just quickly find it again. Um, you know, I will bring evil upon them with which they shall not be able to escape. Who's that referring to, right? Is that referring to the tethered? Are they the ones having evil brought upon them, which they're not able to escape, but now she is escaping it? Mm. Or, or, or is it talking about the people on the surface and, and, and the evil is what's being brought by the tethered now, you know? And she has this talk of, like, she was born different, she says. This is what she says in, the, in her monologue towards the end. You know, you and I were born different, and I started to see... That, that she, she gives that dance performance, which all the people on the ground see, mm. and they kind of realise that she is special. Mm. And she kind of... You remember they all like lay, lay hands upon her? There's this image of them all laying hands upon her. Mm. And she kind of realising that she is the one who can lead them out of this and formulate this plan. Mm. Um, there is this, this idea of... She has a faith, a, a type of faith, and people on the surface don't. You know, I think there was this general difference, like, uh, and I think there's 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 an inter. Again, it's not like the only interpretation, but there is an interpretation of this film, which which is to do with the world above being a faithless world and worshiping you know, these false idols, and that this is a kind of form of the apocalypse or judgment day. Well, I suppose that's true. Those things are there to a degree, you know, but then kind of you leave with you know, all of these corpses strewn around, zombies holding hands across America. Thou shalt not kill. And people, you know, kind of, the the central family heading off on the road to who knows whom. So I just kind of thought that's not satisfactory. Well, I can see you will not be pleased by any anything I try to any, any any interpretation I try to lay upon this film. No, no, I think you've been very interesting, and actually, you've made me see a lot of things. But I, I actually think that none of that refutes my central objections to it. No, I think that's probably right. It is ultimately a film that doesn't lead you all the way down one path. I would say another thing is, I mean, we're talking about this film very kind of allegorically, and in terms of what its meanings are, I think that's interesting. I think that's actually a really good thing, for one thing. Like, this is a film which is crying out for you to interpret it, which so many films aren't really. And this mm. film really wants you to, and I think that's great. Yes. I think the film requires you to read it allegorically. I mean, you know, it uses, it narrates it in those ways. And, you know, it has very poetic moments that, you know, kind of stand in for different things, right? So, on the, you know, like the dance we were talking about, well, on the one hand, it's a fight between, you know, a Red and Adelaide, Right, but on the other hand, it's kind of you know it's signifying um, all kinds of things about you know their place in the world and who they were and who they are now and yeah, it kind of it requires to be read allegorically the way that kind of poetry is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but the other thing I, I would say is if we if we try and talk about it, uh, uh, ignoring all of that, I don't think it's very scary. No. Um, and actually, I mean, and that is a problem. And that's probably a problem. It's more of an action film in in a way. And, and well, it's not a very good action. The action is not so good. <laughs> I say in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, no. it's, it, I just you know, I didn't find it very scary. I didn't find it very scary the first time, and um, uh, and obviously the second time, I knew what was coming. Um, you know, and that kind of is and isn't a problem. Like horror has different forms. It doesn't necessarily have to scare you out of your seat. But it would be nice to have been more creeped out than I was in this. Yeah, so, so, so you know, we're beginning to even make more criticism. So it wasn't very scary. Yeah. You know, it wasn't very exciting. The action wasn't that good, right? So kind of, you know, the most interesting thing about it is 
you know, yeah, allegorical aspects. <laughs> and actually, I did I did speak to my brother about this on WhatsApp a little bit, and he and one thing he said was because Jordan Peele has said he really likes doing horror, and he thinks he'll probably do much much more of that. Yeah. Um, my brother said like that's the last thing he wants to hear. Like, obviously, it's wonderful to be able to do social commentary through horror. But why not just do the social commentary and forget all the chasing? Yes. <laughs> you know, it, like it, I, I kind of wish he wouldn't be so interested in horror. Is 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 what my brother said. Well, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> like if or you make if it, he is, make it creepier and make it scarier. Well, yeah. But if you want to make an allegory, like why why make why make an allegory? Just say what you want to say and you know, be more well, direct. And, yeah. Anyway, well, there's, so, again, there's kind of there's kind of positives and negatives to that to that point of view as well. Yes. Um, um, so let's bring it to a close. Yeah. So I mean, we we agree that it's worth seeing. Yes. Um, we don't really agree that it's worth seeing twice. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, look, the fact is, it's asking questions of an audience to interpret it, and that is no bad thing. I mean, it's a film that will certainly lead to many interesting discussions, and that on its own is a reason to see. It. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, so thank you very much. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on... iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, if you want to listen to us, um, and leave ratings and stuff, which make us look great to other people. And <laughs> we're on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, the Twitter account is at eavesdropmovies, and um, the website with all the podcasts is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Right, thank Thanks you very, very much. much. Bye-bye.